Welcome to the world of Rex. I am Marvel A. Rex, and this is my world. It is also your world. In this podcast, we will discuss any and every topic imaginable, from socioeconomic political theory and philosophy to gender clowning to the occult sciences, y'all. It's going to be a wild ride. Strap in. Marvel A-Rex? Well, I am a true renaissance person. I do a little bit of everything. I am an artist, first and foremost, an actor, a writer, director, producer, philosopher, and yes, a cult practitioner. I am an astrologer of over 15 years, I am a student of the I Ching, and I am experimenting with my human design. And on that note, I deeply hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the world of of Rex. Good morning, everybody. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are today. Monday morning, it is April 4th. We're going to be doing some energetic understanding of the week of April 4th to April 10th. And I've got to say, you know, let's just take a moment here. This may be one of the most, if not the most intense weeks of 2022. So I'm just going to drop that for you to think about and sit with for a moment. You know, I almost wanted to drop this episode early and I might drop this episode early because I think this coming out on Monday, (laughs) I think we need it to come out a little bit earlier so that everybody's better prepared. I am grateful that I took a really good, long, hard look at the dynamics happening this week prior a week prior to it happening i said last week that the energy was going to be rapid fiery argumentative um even violent i was talking about mma fighters and um here we are you know we've got some great examples of that energy coming in um on the world stage uh the oscars did happen to um occur during a you know world stage transit so that usually is what happens when planets touch sensitive points in the uh the sky things become very obvious. Transits become very obvious. And so that was it. It was like fiery, intense, impulsive behavior and communication. That's exactly what happened. Anyway, let's focus back on April 4th. April 4th. Wow. April 4th, April 10th, specifically the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of April are some of the most highly volatile days that I see throughout the year. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple different things around this and try to impart some helpful tips on how to navigate this energy. The first thing I want to say about it is that you have to be really, really mindful of your words and actions around the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of April. April 3rd, 4th, and 5th, all the way through the week, I would say, this is very strong, powerful, reverberating energy. So it's like you'll see events happening very strongly or you'll have very, very strong feelings the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, but it will be reverberating and undulating for the entire month of April and most of May. The thing I want to really dive into and clarify here is that whatever is happening in your life around April 3rd, 4th, and 5th is so powerful and so faded, F-A-T-E-D, that you have to, the stakes are really high because they will play out and build like um, a snowball rolling down a mountain over April and May. That's why it's so important to be very, very mindful of two things. 
impulsive action, and impulsive words. There is another energy co-present that is a highly emotional energy. It's just extremely emotional. It's either like high of highs or low of lows. And that is going to be kind of adding fuel to the fire. You know, it could for some folks, I think for a very small majority of folks, it will just feel really, really awesome. And there may be some amazing big wins. Like, you know, you might have a few things in your life happen where you're like, oh, that worked out way better than I thought it would. But I'm also going to be really clear and and maybe even um, clear-eyed here and say that the bulk of this energy is quite challenging. And egos are going to feel threatened. Um, our, our egos, our, our uh, self-schemas are going to feel challenged. And we are going to want to initially just impulsively act to alleviate the pain or alleviate the discomfort or try to prove that we are right over somebody. I talked about this last week a little bit. This is actually just even more, um, there's more intensity this week, right? So like whatever was happening last week, it's ramping up. We have had a new beginning, which is nice. We've had a new beginning in the way that we're understanding ourselves, the way that we're understanding ourselves in relationship to others. These things are all changing for each and every one of us in some area of our life. Um, there is a call to like stand up for yourself truly in the, in the months of April and May. And part of standing up for yourself is definitely like setting boundaries and maybe even having tense conversations, but I would I would err on the side this week, April fourth to the tenth. I would err on the side of taking a chill pill, and and kind of going back to base camp to use like an an, an unfortunately a war an, or army metaphor because that's definitely the energy present right now. Uh, to go back to base camp with yourself and maybe people you trust who you aren't upset with and really. Um, kind of talk out in a calm way or talk out in a in a more contained way what it is that's really disturbing you or really perturbing you, right? I think the, the big thing is that there is going to be some sort of roadblock or challenge that appears on Monday um, or sometime, you know, 24 to 48 hours around that Monday, April 4th, prior or, or after, right? So literally I mean like the 2nd of April all the way until the 6th of April. But honestly, the April 4th to me looks like a threshold where it's like moving beyond that into the next two months. You have to be, you have to kind of imagine that you've entered a parallel realm where the stakes are really, really high and big changes are happening in each and every one of our lives. It's very structural. It's very foundational. Um, and our ego and our self schemas, like how we understand ourselves are going to be deeply challenged and stretched. So if we know that, if we know that we are going to be challenged and we know we're heading into a, a hailstorm of, of some kind, then yeah, you want to prepare. You want to bring like an umbrella or you want to bring, you know, tools that help you to navigate the storm. I think one of the most uh, really practical uses of the divination and the um, occult practices that I engage in is that they help prepare you just with timing and cycles. You just understand, okay, this, this period is going to be a little tough. It's not going to last forever, but here's the timeline. So the next two months, April and May, it's really just ramping up. It's not getting less intense. It's getting more intense. And again, it's about changing a lot of our behaviors, changing and facing our um, addictions. All of this is about protecting the ego ultimately we're going to have to start letting that go. I mean, it's it's going to be forced regardless. And this April 4th is a first really big test. It's a really, to me, it's like the most, it's the biggest test we've seen this year, believe it or not. Um, on the world stage, this is going to play out in probably 
very uncomfortable ways. Um, I'm thinking about Russia and Ukraine at this moment. I'm thinking about um, NATO and Russia at this moment. This is like a little bit of a car crash energy, I have to say. So we'll see how that plays out on the world stage, but there will be some conflict that will lead to faded resolutions. That's part of the deal. So I just want you to hear that like in your personal life, there is a conflict arising in some area of your life that is going to lead to long-term faded resolutions. However, you have to understand that this is the beginning of act one of the play. Okay. Like this is really it. You're not getting the full character schema. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to understand exactly what's happening yet in the play, but this is the beginning of act one and it starts with a major bang, a major bang. The way to gracefully navigate this energy. I have a few pieces of advice. This is very much foot in the mouth energy for all of us. So we, you know, this energy is so much about speaking what's on your mind immediately. Like I said last week, the baby's waking up and crying and the baby wants food now. Well, you're going to want to say that you need X now or Y now. You're going to really feel compelled to be like, this is it. This is it. And you're going to feel really like, you know, you could potentially feel very justified, right? I would caution, I would caution this week from the 4th to the 10th and perhaps for the next two months, this is going to be a little challenging for some folks to hear, but to actually suspend the idea that you are correct over the next two months. The reason I say this is that there is so much change happening and it is so karmic and it is so foundational down to the depths of our being that if you can suspend expectations for the next two months and loosen up and trust and surrender, your ego is going to have a lot easier of a time handling how much change is going to happen. I'm talking on a collective level, I'm talking on a tribal level, and I'm talking on an individual level. And I use the word tribal to indicate like the people that you spend time with, you know, that are like acquaintances, friends, family. All of these things are changing. So speaking with intention, really thinking about what you're going to say before you say it will help you navigate the next two months very graciously, especially around April 4th. We are going to be challenged in a way that we're going to want to really stand up and say, no, 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 this is it, this is it, I'm right. It's good to take stock and to retreat in a lot of ways and, and to understand, okay, what is not working here, right? I'm not saying that you just let the other person or the external situation control you or, or pacify to it, but it's more like, okay, this is challenging. This is part of some faded changes, F-A-T-E-D changes. How do I navigate it? How do I navigate it? Let me come up with a game plan. Let me go back to base camp and come up with a game plan instead of just trying to fight, fight, fight. This is extremely violent energy. I mean, when I saw the Oscars slap, I was like, oh, you know, for me as an astrologer, I see these things happening and I see the transit literally happening in real time. And it's just fascinating. Uh, it creates a nice um, architecture. Like I'm like, oh, that's the texture of that transit. That's exactly what that transit would look like. And it's happening on a world point on a world stage, right? That I just am trying to help y'all develop consciousness so that we're not doing the proverbial slap to someone else in our life um, or to a situation in our life, you know? So that's a big part of this week coming up. Um, you know, really, if we thought last week was intense, this week is um, 10 times to me, 100 times more intense. I'm going to give a piece of advice here as well around communication. There's going to be a lot of communication. It's going to be coming quickly. There's going to be lots of information coming into your life quickly. You will want to wait until your wisdom is in demand. That's a really powerful method or application of some consciousness for this week ahead. Wait until your wisdom is in demand. What do I mean by that? 
wait until someone is asking you for advice before you are giving it, okay? Like, that is, that is so key this week, okay? If you see something that, that challenges you or threatens you and you, like, want to step in and say, oh, no, 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 this, this, and this and try to control it, it's going to blow up this week. So just be a lot more internal around your communication process and ask a really important question that I think I ask myself this all the time. I ask myself, is this necessary for the person to hear right now? Is this necessary for the person to hear right now? This is a powerful thing. Like, does it need to be said? There's a lot of work around this um, in like self-help communities, but it's like, is the information pertinent? Is the information true? Does it, you know, is it going to help, you know, create resolution or expansion in the situation or not? Where is, where is the desire to speak or control coming from? This is, there's a lot of wounded energy this week. Um, what I mean by wounded is that we're going to feel compelled to speak and try to take control of situations because of a, an inner wound. And the wound is going to be super highlighted. That's part of why this energy is so volatile is that there's a collective wound being opened up, but there's also one that happens in every one of our charts in a specific place. So there's a part of us that is wounded that we have to acknowledge. Oftentimes we want to speak and control another person or another situation because of a wound or because of a fear that we have that's, you know, potentially historical. The historical is hysterical. So, you know, again, if it's coming from the past, there's a lot of um, availability this week to spend some time with it, the wounded inner child or the just the wound inside of you that feels like it needs to control. Just question yourself before you jump off to the races trying to tell, you know, trying to communicate things that feel very impulsive or fiery or, or amped up. The moment that you enter a fight or flight um, or dysregulated state this week, it's a great time to, to pause to slow down, to stop, and to just take some notes and be like, oh, what is this? I really want to go into the next two months as graceful as possible, so what is this? That's the key. Like, what is what is dysregulating me? And just really give yourself some time this week because if you set yourself up strong before the full totality of April and May, it will be easier to navigate the changes that are coming. It will be just way more structured as structures are falling, which sounds paradoxical, but it's exactly what's happening. You can find internal structure amidst um, total chaos. Okay. Uh, like I said, conducting rehearsals of dialogues in your mind, a really great idea this week before you just send off that email or that text or that, you know, like we have access to so many forms of instantaneous communication now, like be really careful, be really careful. I mean, this is going to be, I, I don't, engage with Twitter, but I can only imagine that Twitter is going to be an absolute SHIT show all week long, like more than it normally is, because this is going to be immediate, like whatever, unfiltered, I don't care, I'm going to say this thing and I'm right. That's the energy and everyone's going to be channeling it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. For the astrology folks, we are in eclipse season. This is huge. This is faded, karmic, destiny, energy, right? Every single one of us is in this. No one gets out of this. Okay. <laughs> um, that's April through May. Uh, it'll start to, the dust will start to settle in June. Um, just know again, we are really cooking with gas. This is really intense energy. And, um, I'm thinking about Spider-Man and I'm just going to say with great power comes great responsibility. And each one of us has that right now. There's a lot of power available to exert yourself, to make big changes in your life. 
be responsible about it. Be responsible about how you're communicating. Be responsible about the decisions you're making for yourself. And um, be really, really mindful of addictive behavior. And I mean that um, not just the first thing we tend to think of in this society is uh, ingesting consciousness altering substances. But what I really mean is addictive behavior that you have in any area of your life, whether it is food, whether it is relationships, it, it, it can be so many different things. Um, behavior, it's basically just behavior that disempowers you. And you know what it is. Like everyone knows what their thing is, right? And if you don't quite know what it is, it will be made very obvious this year. But this this period of time, there's going to be more impulsivity towards uh, any form of relapse through April and May because foundations are shaking. And when foundations shake and change, it causes folks, you know, we, we tend to respond in a way that is, uh, we want to go back into the safe place. I think it's a really great period of time to suspend the desire to go back into the safe place and just be like, okay, I'm along for the ride. However, as I'm along for the ride, I am practicing regulatory behavior, regulating the nervous system, having a routine within this sort of foundational change that's happening. So it's important to have what I, what I consider and, and what some Jewish mysticism calls like a vessel that's really strong. So even if the waters around you are sloshing and there's fire being lit around and there's war around you, if you are able to create a, a, a regulated system, it will help navigate the immensity of change that's happening. Megan Joy May, a guest that we had recently twice, she said something about, you know, for folks who are privileged enough to have access to good, you know, nourishing food, a daily routine, if, if we have the privilege to have access to that, we it is actually part of our work in this lifetime to regulate ourselves, to be strong vessels for because not everyone has access to all of that. So I'm really dedicated to that in my life is like, OK, I know that April, May are going to be. Um, like really high highs, really low lows, but also big changes, challenging changes, and um, ultimately liberating changes. And it is my duty to take care of myself through that so that I can help the world as well. So translate that into your life. It's really powerful, very argumentative energy this week. So we have to just be really mindful. Um, we are under part of the argumentation is understanding our position as an individual in relationship to other groups, okay? And how that's changing. Our, our, um, our sense of identity and then how it fits into the group is really, really new right now, as especially as people re-enter society post the majority of the pandemic. Um, so everyone's trying to figure out who they are in the community. This is a tender time. It's really, I mean, Aries are, tend to be really tender in general, in a way, even though they're fierce warriors, there's a tenderness to being like, am I accepted by the group? Like, am I liked? Do people like me? So you're trying to figure that out somewhere in your life. There's many different ways that this manifests, but basically there's this understanding of me versus the group. Like, how is that? There is a delusional energy co-present. So there's an, you know, it's, it's an emotional energy, truthfully. And I think it'll more often than not manifest as displays of really big displays of um, self-justified explosiveness, right? So again, going back to everything I've been saying, uh, it'll probably be explosive. I, I, when I see this kind of energy, I tend to think, okay, you know, I live in Los Angeles. I drive around the city. I see all parts of the city. And, you know, April 4th to April 10th, like I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know what? I'm going to probably not, if I don't have to go out, I'm not going to necessarily put myself out there in the world. 
um, in a big urban space where people are experiencing like literally every single human being is this interdimensional being experiencing a plethora of emotions at the same time, often with dysregulated nervous systems. There's just a lot going on out there. <laughs> so this is a week to I'm not saying like go and hide. I'm just saying like it's a really great week to give yourself lots of breaks especially from the collective and from other people because everyone's going to be feeling this incredible amount of tension and even you know like I think of boil a boiling pot of water is a really a big part of it. Okay. Monday. I want to talk about Monday, April 4th. This is a, this is the big kahuna. Uh, it's very, very key that we watch our life like a detective on Monday, April 4th. Pay very close attention to what is going on, what challenge arises the 3rd, 4th, and the 5th, maybe even the 6th. Be like a detective. Like, follow the breadcrumbs. Be more curious than reactive if you can. Part of being more curious than reactive is creating a system where you have rules and boundaries for yourself and you are you know eating and sleeping right properly so again strengthening your own internal space and then just watch and witness and be open to being confused confused i do want to say that this monday april 4th is a really big hint into the first part of the the big play of the year right so this is really like you're introduced to a character or you're introduced to a situation that you will be really working on throughout the next 18 months all the way until may of 2023 so basically a year from now so I, I want all of us to honor that this week brings with us a lot of clues to the faded changes that are happening April and May. And underneath that, there's a deep desire and stamina for independence, self-reliance, financial freedom. That's a big part of the next two months for each and every one of us. This is going to manifest differently for everybody. Everyone's really unique. Um, this is a general like understanding of what's going on. But there is this really big incredible desire to become more yourself be more yourself and looking at the places in your life where you have hidden yourself or tucked yourself away or said oh I can't quite be this this is too much or I was never allowed to be this this is a time where you come out and say yes I, this is this is who I am now in that process of saying yes this is who I am you have to be really mindful over the next week not to try to slap someone over the head with who you are, right? So no need to tell, you know, the, it, I think about, I'm just thinking so much about this Will Smith thing and I'm like, wow, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around that and there's so much to unpack from an intersectional feminist lens, like it's really deep. But what I will say is that you don't, you know, this is not the week to, to try to prove anything to anybody. This is not about proving that you're tough or proving that you have something that, you know, you're more powerful than someone else. This is really the deeper wisdom of this week is understanding that there's going to be a lot happening outside of your control. And yet the control that you do have is your own lane and being in your own lane and being in your own strength and cultivating your own strength by getting to know yourself better, by spending more time in quietude, understanding, okay, what are the things that are hard for me? What are the things that are easy for me? What are the things that I can continue to um, work on that will allow me to just show up better in society ultimately and be happier, like in general? <sighs> yeah. 
So releasing expectations, being open to and surrendering to life and experiences, feeling a depth of feelings. There is a lot of like high, high emotions and low, low emotions, as I've said this week available. So some of you may be feeling like amazing one day and then feeling really, really low the next day. That's just a formatting energy that's happening right now. So give yourself permission to just feel the feels because there's insight in those feels. There's like definite insight. Uh, but I guess, again, like feeling the depths of those feelings, you might want to like reduce the variables around that in this. What do I mean by that? If you are feeling highs of highs, you know, you might not want to be like, okay, and now I'm going to like go out into public and like feel the high of highs in the middle of, you know, 18 different things that are happening in public or, you know, reducing variables while you're experiencing the emotions. So finding a place for solitude. Um, if you are feeling like a super high high, then, you know, feel that in a place where you understand a little bit about what's happening, you know, of the people you're surrounded with, the place you're in. There is definitely risk taking energy this week. Uh, I'm I think it's going to be more risk-taking energy around communication. So people saying things that they never had the guts to say. We are all going to have to be really, in some ways, just careful around that or uh, expect that that's going to happen and have a game plan for how to deal with either the information coming to you or you sending the information out because it will be hot it will be hot and it will land really intensely so that's the energy of the week it tends i i look at this week and i think april 4th that monday monday starts off with an immense bang that's why i'm going to release this episode early and it gets less intense throughout the week in the sense that you will be recovering from the big bang that happened at the top of the week but the next two months in and of themselves just go through cycles of intensity, increasing intensity. So this is not, you're not out of the woods after Monday. If you think you solved it on Monday, no, you know, you didn't. Um, you got, we've got two months solidly all the way, I think personally through my interpretation all the way till mid-June. Then by mid-June, we will start to really understand the big changes that happened in our lives the big realizations, the big truths, the things that were said during this period of time, especially in early April, the truths that came out, um, the behaviors that became really obvious, all of these things we will be integrating by mid-June. But truthfully, we're in it. We're in it for the next two months. We're on a roller coaster. It's not going to stop. There will be moments of reprieve and take them. Please do yourself a favor and take them. And yet, and yet, and yet, we're on it. We're rocking and rolling. The thing that I like to do personally, Marvel A. Rex, the thing that I like to do in these moments is, I, of course, I, I'm i really dedicated to taking pristine care of myself. And I mean that just on a very mundane level. Please listen to episodes two and three on that. Or three and four. Yeah, episodes three and four on that with Megan Joy May, especially episode three, we talk about taking care of the body. So I take pristine care of myself. I am only saying yes to things that feel very, very in alignment with me right now. If they don't, I'm just like, that's a no. It's a no. No. Don't take it personally. It's just a no. And then the third thing I'm doing is I'm creating art. I'm taking all of this really, really fiery energy and I'm like plugging away at a few things that feel very generative where I can push all this fiery, impulsive, even potentially violent energy into creative projects. I want to say one final thing that every act of violence is just the, the sad manifestation of an unmet need. 
and unmet needs 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 really fuel creativity like we have a need to create we have a need to connect to other people and when we don't know how to create or connect to other people that's when violence happens it stems out of that it's the same exact energy so i look at that and i go okay i'm going to dedicate myself to a few things that really feel like they feed my soul and that allow me to get energy out that doesn't turn to violence because that is super available right now so again before we shift to my guest mrk the last final thing i want to say to recap is this week watch your words practice some inner dialogues before you decide to say the thing to whoever it is or to whatever is going on in your life be prepared for some big changes over the next two months be a detective in your own life watch things take notes retreat recap regroup and trust that whatever is happening is actually shaking your foundations so that you can over the next 18 months develop a lot more stability and a lot more self-esteem in your life this foundational shaking is really here to help you get so much deeper into who you actually are and how you can commit yourself to bettering a collective human species it will feel scary to the ego and we will have to take care of ourselves through each and every one of those moments where the the perception of self feels like it's dying because parts of it are in april and may i will be talking to someone who works with death and works with grieving and we're going to be doing a lot of that over the next two months and at the same time there's a beautiful energy this week that says Here's the fuel for you to be yourself. Now just don't stick your foot in your mouth. All right. And now we're going to talk to our guest, MRK. All right, everybody. I am here with Madison Renee Knapp. Okay. I just asked her how to pronounce her last name because it's a K-N-A-P-P. So I was asking, Knapp, Knapp, Knapp. Also known as MRK. She is a singer, songwriter. She has the voice of an angel. And she's also many, many other things. Madison, say hello. And will you tell the audience who you are, what you do? Etc. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm Madison Renee Knapp, MRK. MRK loves you. It me. Um, I would describe myself as perfect nonsense. <laughs> I do performance art, music, film, anything weird. I'm here to do it. I'm here to do it. Yes. Big, <laughs> big occult nerd, astrology nerd, life nerd sex nerd <laughs> wonderful perfect all those things yes so i'm a marvel I'm... nerd too oh yeah you're part of the marvel universe m-a-r-v-a-l universe mm-hmm. we're, we're working on that i am so excited to have you on partially because as a total occult geek i know that we're both big into occult sciences of all kinds so trigger warning for everybody or just potential warning for everybody we're going to get really geeky into the astrology this is going to be a very astrology heavy guest spot which i'm so ready for we're also going to make it accessible though i believe that both madison and i can break it down in ways that make sense for y'all and then for those we're very accessible we're very likable yeah libras (laughs) um (laughs) Here we are. And I brought Madison on because, you know, your chart is is wonderful for this time of year. As a Libra, you're reflecting all this Aries, like, sense, uh, s- uh, sort of self-centered energy. You reflect it so powerfully. So I'm excited to have you on to reflect that. And we can, we're going to talk about kind of everything, wherever we decide to land. 
I think there's a big emphasis on what I think we're going to talk a lot about what is happening this week astrologically, especially Saturn. Um, and we'll talk, we'll break that down, what that means. But first and foremost, you know, I, I think one question I have for you is like, what are you excited for over the next couple of years? Just thinking about all these energies that are present for yourself, for you, you know, I was living in Los Angeles for 12 years and I was doing all the art things for that entire time. And then I got to a point of just um, exhaustion and sadness and disappointment that will just naturally happen anywhere, but in LA or in any major city, really, all of those things become very apparent and they can just, and in LA, especially there's such an illusory vibe to the whole place where it can uh, amass so quietly within you for such a long time until it explodes, which is also just my Sagittarius moon. (laughs) I was also going to say you moved in 2019, right? Was that Mm -hmm. 2019? So Mm -hmm. you sort of had that weird, you know how animals know a storm is coming and then they like travel before the storm hits and everyone's like, why are the animals traveling? I feel like you had that extrasensory perception that the pandemic was going to hit LA. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Super, super weird. I'm a witch. We're all witches. It's fine. Um, I left Los Angeles in May of 2019, and now I'm going to be returning to Los Angeles in May of 2022. I will be there at the beginning of May. Yes. And in the time, so I've been living in a cabin in Washington state. Um, This is where I lived in middle school and high school. And I'm so addicted to the nature here and the rain. And it's just, it's just delicious. I've been living my best Twin Peaks life for the past three years. And it's hearing the music right now. I'm hearing it. That's slow jazz. Mm. That waterfall is one of like my sacred spots. Like I used to go there when I was like, you know, a rowdy teenager and we'd go and make out and smoke joints down at the waterfall. (laughs) Is it the place where they filmed? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, incredible. I live in that town. I live in that town. I also love that David Lynch is an Aquarius and you've got all that Aquarius energy too. So you're just, you're with it. You're in the alien world of Twin Peaks. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. And it's so true. I mean, you'll just see things like a woman on a tractor with an eye patch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's a break in the matrix. Oh, and there's another break in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or sometimes the show will actually recreate itself in front of your eyes where one day I was, I was driving down the main road, North Bend way that goes through the center of the town, right past the cafe. And there was a massive timber truck that was right out in front of the diner. And it was an exact shot from the show. It was, (laughs) that happens all the time it happens all the time here that's extremely meta and i feel like los angeles there's parallels to la where la also feels like it is a simulacra you just start to see the meta nature of everything where you're like there's there it looks exactly like a movie oh it is a movie oh wait is it a movie you know driving david lynch lives in la right right so here's your connection you're coming home well you're coming back to la so you're Mm -hmm. home and then you're coming to la which is another home Mm-hmm. All of which are sort of movie sets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even your cabin in the woods is a movie set. <laughs> it really is. I had this, and I've actually gone back and looked at my chart to see what was transiting. On this is some so of powerful. Everyone and... listening, if you ever get into the geekiness of astrology, when you look back at a transit chart for a big major event in your life, it is uncanny. I will look back at, at major transit events for folks in my life. And I'm like, there it is. 
Mm-hmm. That was Absolutely. the big moment. Anyway, continue. Absolutely. It's, it's so, and also just big cultural events too. It's, Huge. you can see it all being reflected over and over again in the hall of mirrors of the clown car universe that <laughs> we live in. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, and um, I, I played my show. I was having such a nice time in Los Angeles. And then I was speaking with a new friend and I was like, I may never see you again. I'm not moving back here. Like no way. Mm-hmm. And then the next night I was hanging out with some of my closer friends and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of them were in one room working on a track and others were out in the living room, like jamming and, you know, twisting knobs and playing with synths and everything. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, I need to come back. (laughs) I need to come back. And so I've been, um, I've been knowing that now for about three months and it's been a slow grind intellectually, emotionally, materially, physically, um, to get back to my people, but Mm -hmm. things are just magically falling into place now, kind of out of nowhere. Yes. Your return home to me or your return to LA is really different this time than the, than the way you've ever done it before. Do you want to talk more about that? Just like, as it relates to Saturn, as it relates to, I'll use the word responsibility, accountability, and self-making. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I, when I first got to LA, I basically went to LA to escape an abusive relationship. And I Mm. didn't know that that's what I was doing really. I had gone to school straight out of, or straight out of high school, I went to college, Sarah Lawrence College, Hmm. for one year, even though I knew it's not what I wanted to do. And um, it did not work out. (laughs) It did did not work out. I knew it wasn't gonna, um, but I did it because I was told to. And, you know, it didn't work out. So I started sort of, um, I got an uh, an entertainment industry internship in New York City. And then I started realizing that I wanted to learn more about audio engineering. And I had already been teaching myself guitar. I'd been musical since I was, could make sound out of my face. (laughs) And I went to Los Angeles to check out one studio because the recording connection school, which is the school that I went to for audio engineering. They said, you know, you really, you're from the West coast. You seem like you would be a really great fit for LA. So I go to LA, I check out one studio and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Not realizing that part of the reason I was so eager is because I was in a very controlling relationship. Um, and he actually had ties to Los Angeles as well. And like, we didn't break up when I moved, I just moved. And then I was like, I'm going to do this program. Like you can do it as quickly as six months. Like my plan was to be in LA for six months. Okay. And, and how I many years? 12 yeah. years. 12 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, she's got a hold on people. Definitely. 
as a city. And I I got to LA. Eventually, that partner moved out here as well, and things really went down the poop hole. Yeah. In terms of that, but for myself, I graduated the audio engineering program. I immediately started getting involved with a couple different bands. I then helped start a couple different bands, and the journey just sort of spiraled outward from there. Um, and there was a lot of pain and heartbreak. I think I actually have looked at the, um, the astrological ley lines for me. Yes. Astrocartography, incredible mm -hmm. work, incredible wisdom there. Okay. Yeah. I've got three big, I think I actually have four big lines all through Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's Mercury, Pluto, and Venus. Powerful. That's which are huge. All, all in Scorpio, baby. All in Scorpio. Oh yeah. There we go. All in oh, Scorpio. And, this, and we've got this South Node in Scorpio going on right now. Ooh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Let's for mm -hmm. a, for a moment I'll just explain astrocartography really quick. One sentence yeah. about astrocartography is an incredible uh, calculation of where basically you can look up a map of where the planets sort of activate parts of the geography of the world for you, each one of the planets. Um, so you can see where the sun kind of activates. And those are places where your sun, your, they're called like a sun line or a Pluto line or a Venus line. And these lines are, they wrap around the globe and you can see where, you know, where, where uh, if, if for your Mercury line, for example, it's like where you would do a lot of communication or publishing. If it's your Venus line, you might find love in those parts of the worlds. It's a fascinating science, astrocartography. It's actually easy to find. If you go to astroseek.com, you can look at your astrocartography chart. No surprise, Madison, that my son, my son line runs right through Los Angeles. Oh. I saw that. I was like, oh, right. Okay. So I, I guess a question for you that I have is like, I'm hearing your journey and I'm excited about it. And I'm like, what about this time? Like, especially it sounds like you've continued to go deeper into a lot of the astrology and the occult practices. Like, what about this return feels, what are you sowing into this return? Like, what are the seeds that you're like, I'm really doing it this time? taking into account all the wisdom that you're gaining and thinking about and the future you're thinking about. Absolutely. This is so hard to say. <laughs> it's so hard to say because I'm so, I'm so scared. I am going to be just attempting to fully strike out on my own financially, which is something that I, I come from incredible privilege yeah. of having loving, supportive parents who have the ability to take care of me and who always have. Yeah. And I'm about to shake that shit up. <laughs> and and it, it, it's been a process of me having to speak with them about that, which is a conversation that we've been having over years and years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and part of that, you know, it relates so much to all of my eighth house placements, my Scorpio placements, my Libra placements, all in that area. It's very much to do with other people, other people's money. Yeah. Yeah. And like, wow, what a, what gifts I've been given, but one of the lessons of Saturn also, and of Scorpio and of the eighth house is that mm. ain't nothing free. Yeah. There's no such thing as a free launch. 
Mm-mm. 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 And we talked about, you know, we talked about on the phone prior to this conversation that, you know, I, I remember talking about the money piece, which money is very, it's a very um, sensitive and like tenuous topic for literally everybody. And then you have to at some point master it. But mm-hmm. I was thinking about you sharing your experience in LA the first time, LA mm-hmm. 1.0. Now we're about to have LA 2.0 for you, which I'm so excited. But LA 1.0, you were like, there was so much chaos. There was so much pain. And part of it too is like, you were entering, you were going through your Saturn return, which happens 28, mm-hmm. 29 years old. And, and even before that, but you were going through your Saturn return in LA. And it's like, part of that work is to find out who you are and how you earn yourself. Mm-hmm. And because that wasn't available, because of the immense amount of love your parents have for you and the fact that you were able to like live like that, you were able to like be supported by a family in ways that um, not everyone has access to. It's like the money or the the support that you had in some ways created, like was part of the chaos, was part of the underlying chaos, even though it seemed like support and no judgment, like literally no judgment on anybody involved here because I look at it and I'm like, what you just said, it's like there, Saturn says, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You have mm-hmm. to earn it. Mm-hmm. And so to me, what I hear you saying is like this, this LA 2.0 for you, this journey is about like earning yourself which mm-hmm. is so much a part of the energy of Aries season. How do you mm-hmm. earn, how do you like establish who you are and say, this is who I am, I've earned it. And yes, there was a lot of challenge, but you just sent me a text message before we hopped on that said, challenge is love. Ch- like, you know, getting resistance is love. And then the alignment that comes out of mastering that is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another aspect to where when you have a certain safety net, you will make chaos because Mm. chaos is a function of the universe. And if you aren't in a place where you're kinetically working with sort of chaos on perhaps a more mundane level, um, I mean, it, it, it manifests in all kinds of ways, like whatever chaos you're not dealing with, you will find a way to create it somewhere else. Yes. So, you know, while a lot of times financial struggle was not a problem for me, even though at, at times it was, I mean, there were periods where I was holding three jobs at a time and still doing music. Yes. Um, and when you're not, when you're avoiding <laughs> oh, this is like it's coming out of my chest. It's so, oh, it's so deep. When you're avoiding something, you will consciously or unconsciously, usually unconsciously, because you're in a state of avoidance or denial, manifest chaos. You yeah. will manifest problems because it's also just part of the human condition. We love that shit. Yeah. We love problems. Yeah. We love a puzzle for our brains to Mm -hmm. fuck around with. Yeah. And, you know, it can be, uh, it can be financial. It can be uh, with jobs. It can be interpersonal relationships. And for me, it was mostly that. (laughs) It was interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Romantic relationships, personal relationships. And, you know, me with having all of that eighth house energy that I have in my chart, I also gravitate very strongly towards that. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. And 
in addition to not being afraid of it naturally on my own, which is something that I've had inherent to me since I was a kid, Mm. there's this whole other thing that I don't ever really have to worry about, which is money. Because if I was ever in absolute dire need of anything, be it medical or issues with my car or whatever, you know, it was just a phone call. Yeah. 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 And that, that aspect won't ever really go away because I'm not going to, this is not about just completely eschewing my parents and and tossing them to the side and not allowing them to help me with my problems. Because I also, one of the things that I struggle with so strongly is asking for help. Mm. And, um, and it's been, you know, with my parents, it's like, maybe I don't have to worry about actually asking them, but I do have this whole other net of like fears and consequences and shame that I feel around doing that. Well, I was thinking like, it's like you're, you, you always have help, but you are afraid to ask for help. And I think that that actually is to me when, as I'm listening, I'm like, that's tied in. It's like often the things that we have so such easy access to, we then develop a shame around it. Like we Uh develop a, so then in other realms of your life, you're like, I'm afraid to like communicate what I need in this moment because I, I have been given everything I quote, quote unquote need my whole life, but quote unquote is really the, the point there. It's like you, because I, I do fundamentally believe that we actually have to really carve out a space for ourselves. And that is involves a lot of conflict and it's, it is inherently like conflictual Aries this season we're in early spring is like about fighting to be who you are. There's a fighting quality. And we're going to talk a little bit, I think about violence um, and how can you be yourself without asserting violence? Like that's a whole big existential question for me as well. Um, But for you, I'm reflecting that like the the exact thing that you feel that you struggle with which is saying i need help is is mirrored in this weird inverted mirror of like but you always have help mm-hmm. so it, it is interesting where you're like la 2.0 is this journey to be like i'm going to really learn how to help myself so mm-hmm. that and part of that is learning how to ask for help in a in a way that you've never had to before or in a different Absolutely. way or with a different mindset even of like oh, mm-hmm. i'm really doing this oh i'm yeah. so excited And especially with the mindset thing, like that really speaks to the interpersonal relationships um, because, you know, there were a lot of times where I have, I have, you know, like you and I float around the fringes of the similar community, um, which is just, you know, artists and weirdos and like, how beautiful is that? But also like, it comes with lots of, (laughs) lots of baggage. Yeah. Lots of complexity. There's a lot of strong personalities mm. in the weirdo art communities. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because oh. that's the nature of the job is, is about, you know, these people who are just being so audaciously themselves in as many ways as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm so like, I also gravitated towards very erratic and volatile people because I saw that aspect of they are really, it's histrionics at the end of the day, but they're advocating for themselves in a way that I really admire. And it's also, it's part of the, like, you know, it's, I think a lot about Kanye too, about how this, it's this, like this fetishized level of hubris that, that exists in arts and entertainment in general, but in a whole new way now because of social media 
and the level just at which we've fanned all of those yeah. <laughs> all of those flames the volatility and, like we're addicted to the volatility of, of a personality or a person yeah yeah and this is about the how do you non-violently advocate for yourself how do you become yourself how do you actualize without creating karma without yeah. generating suffering for yourself yeah. or for others it's virtually impossible to do because I it's part so. of the, the nature of things. But the biggest difference I think that I've noticed in myself and in just the myriad of esoteric and, you know, from the, from the Bible to like Sadhguru's latest book, um, you know, it's about performing things consciously as mm -hmm. consciously as possible mm -hmm. and working with things mm -hmm in a tangible kinetic way. Mm. And it's tricky because that kinetic energy is the same thing that gives you a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like what we just saw, the world point that Mars and that Mercury and Aries on the world point. I was like, oh, and there it is, literally. It, it seemed like it happened the minute that Mercury went into Aries. At a world point, you know that zero degrees Aries is literally like world stage, like everyone can see it. And we mm -hmm. and it was the slap heard around the world this last week. Mm -hmm. I don't really wanna go there because like, yeah. we don't need to go there. I mean, not right now, because I'm so interested in what you're saying. Like what you are saying about conscious action. I mean, this is my whole podcast. I'm just like, how do we develop consciousness? Yeah, yeah. and what are your values really? What are your values really? How do you embody them? And how do you find and build community that also embodies and reinforces and supports that identity? And also, you know, just to be fucking Aquarian about it, like stepping outside of those bubbles as yes. well, exposing yourself to ideas that are unfamiliar to enhance your growth and your perspective. And I mean, that's, I, I guess I won't speak to that for everyone, but for me, it, that, that has always been something that has been so important to me. And it's what is taking me back to Los Angeles. Because even though I experienced toxic friendships, toxic relationships, I myself did some toxic shit <laughs> we all do we all do some beautiful self-sabotage just rubbing <laughs> it all over the place you know it's great <laughs> i i want to i want to have the exposure to as many frequencies as possible because I want to see, and that's what I've been doing up here in the woods. You know, I've been getting the nature frequency. I dated a Trump supporter in 2020. <laughs> that was... Oh, I can't wait to hear, wait. I can't wait to hear the takeaways from that. That's amazing. Yes, continue. I have, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, and that's also been something that has been a struggle for me too, is like, I will get lost in those frequencies mm, as well uh -huh. because I have so much love and so much compassion. That's not actually the thing I need to work on. That's not the reason why I need to be exposed to all these different frequencies. What I need from them is information about my own identity and my own desire and my own destiny that I'm building because we're all reflections of each other. So if you see someone who's doing something that 
speaks to you and resonates with you, it gives you that much more of an edge to try that thing. And maybe not that exact thing in the way that that person is doing it, but to try it in your own way. And I just, I value that so much. And it's, it's, uh, it's also the, my Aquarius rising intellectual, like I want, I want all of the knowledge. I want all of the knowledge from all of the places. Yeah. And to add on to what you just said about folks reflecting you and, and seeing them and being like, oh, I can try to do this thing that this other person's doing. That's all, that's really valid too. And I'm going to offer not even a devil's advocate. I'm just going to offer you the other side of that piece that yeah. I really have been thinking about the last week with what happened at the Oscars and with the fact that we're in Aries energy, that's really volatile, really impulsive, often violent, often physically violent. Um, The other side of it too that I've noticed in Los Angeles as a major city, you can see it in New York, you can see it in Chicago, is when you see someone in a space and like, for example, at the Oscars, someone does something that really pisses you off or you are Mm -hmm. like, or you see someone and I've had this happen to me all the time where I meet someone at an event and I immediately dislike them. This is Mm -hmm. such a powerful moment, by the way. When you immediately dislike somebody, there is something within you that is challenged by their presence by or by something maybe you don't even i generally don't even have consciousness over what's happening but it's always a key sign for me it's not only the reflection that builds your identity but it's also when you meet things that cause resistance within yourself or cause conflict within yourself because then you have to this is the 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 power of this moment in early spring is like not reacting to the anger immediately but getting really intimate with the anger Mm-hmm. And getting really intimate with that. And you and I as eighth house sons, eighth house being the house, I was going to mention the eighth house is the house of intimacy, sexuality, fluid bonding, coming together with another, but also the the tension of coming together with another person. We know this really well because we're constantly as eighth house sons, we're constantly having deep relationships with people, being really challenged by the depth of our, our relating. Um, and sexuality in and of itself is literally friction. When you think about the kinetic act of sexuality, it's friction, it's tension, mm-hmm. it's conflict. It's, there is a conflictual, even violent, you could argue, reality to sexuality. Mm-hmm. And we have until May of 2023, we have a huge energy around, I think refining, or you said it even better earlier, like developing consciousness around the areas that we find tension, the way that we share with people, the way that we um, also have intimacy with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that South Moon Scorpio. Oh, absolutely, and and part of it too, kind of like I was saying before, like and especially in the terms of of anger, which is, I think it's John Lydon, formerly Johnny Rotten, who has a song that's called "Anger Is an Energy." Highly recommend. Terrific for this month's playlist. Um, there is, you know, anger is this energy, but it is also desire at the end of the day, because Mm -hmm. it's this visceral welling up inside of us that is seeking kinetic release of some kind, or even just intellectual release. Um, because it's, it's a, it's a desire for a circumstance to exist. And the absence of that circumstance is the thing that is welling us up with, like this shouldn't be this way it should be that way yeah you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we're having that very linear of like I want to keep things the same Mm -hmm. in my consciousness even like I don't really know if I want to expand out the possibilities Mm -hmm. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. And for me, like, and part of my, my story of being in Los Angeles before, and even just my life before that, and, and being drawn to people who are chaotic. One of the things that I admire about those people is that they have a very strong connection to their anger. Yes. And I never really have. It takes a lot for me personally to get angry to the point of lashing out, mm. saying something that I regret. There are not many things that I've said that I regret. If I did, it was like a joke that I wish landed better or, you know, it's, it's more, it's much more like the good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my experience with anger has mostly been other people's anger. Mm which mm -hmm. is also very eighth house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to have a more kinetic relationship with not even just my anger, but my ability to directly express my desires, thoughts, feelings, and boundaries. What, what are those? Boundaries, <laughs> North Bo Node and Taurus. That's the work we're doing. We're doing boundaries this year. Everybody, by the way, everyone listening, you're doing boundaries in your life right now. Somewhere you are being asked to be do the to do the boundary thing. And guess what? Not in a violent way. <laughs> I know. They don't have to be violent. They don't have to be. And like I was literally talking with my therapist yesterday about how do you how do you say something? Like, how do you say what you feel? And she was just so confounded about it that I because I'm obviously, I'm quite an extrovert. I love a talk. I love a talkie talkie. Um, it's one of my all time favorite things to do. But I have a very, very difficult time expressing my truth in a moment. I'm a person who likes to ruminate about things so that I can then think of the most diplomatic way to say it. <laughs> And it's so even, Libra. It's I know. Amazing. It's amazing. I know. It's so true. And it is a valuable lesson. And it's one that a lot of people probably need to learn is how to do that, is how to approach something with a little bit more consciousness, mm -hmm. but don't do it to the extent that you lose the moment, mm. lose the truth mm. and lose the clarity of it happening in that instant as right. much as possible. Like there's no, no right way to live, no wrong way to die. That's what I always say. But Love it. <laughs> Love that. Mm. But, you know, so I would never presume to tell anyone like, oh, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. But because of the nature of the, the energies of this time that we're in, and especially with something like social media, like, you know, not to, the reason why we're not talking about the slap is because people are talking about it. Everyone is foisting their opinions all over each other yeah. as if we give a shit. Uh, going, I, I want to, it's interesting though. The social media piece is really interesting to me because it's, it is, it's actually like the opposite of what people should be doing right now in the sense that like, especially this time of the year, it's more important that you are understanding who you are in relationship to other people who are like live in front of you or taking time away instead of blasting the constant like smorgasbord and blast of like Twitter of just like, this is all that's happening all the time. 
is a miasma. It's a confusing, it's, you don't, I don't think that most of us find answers to who we are on social media. I think it's actually like often a trap, right? We're then yeah. taking in, so what I notice is like, you're taking in so much energy and I think about it on a psychic level. You're taking in so much psychic energy that's not yours. It's all these other people who are saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. It's constant, all, all anyone's saying on social media is, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Or if it's a, if it's another topic, it's I am in relationship to this, right? Even if it's not a picture of themselves, it's like, I am in relationship to this. Not that any of that's good or bad. I'm not trying to qualify it. It's more just like during this period of time, especially early spring, it's better to do what you kind of said earlier, where you were like, you said something about yourself where you said, I, you know, I know that in the moment, I don't always have the ability to say what I'm feeling. I need to go away and take some time to ruminate and come back and say, this is what I'm feeling. The fact that you, A, are conscious of that, B, are conscious enough to articulate it in words and then share it with us is huge. And it's part of the work that we can be doing. But that kind of work happens, I think, in real live situations with real live people, not mediated through this diffused social media. So the more we are able to have interactions with other people, put ourselves out of our comfort zone with other people be, as you said earlier, really present in the moment, not try to just be in the head trying to figure it out in the moment, but be present in the moment. We then can go back with the information and synthesize it and, and take time to dedicate to ourselves. I think part of the reason why social media is so, I, I must use, I, the reason why social media is so fucked, the reason why it is, is that it doesn't always, it, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but it is right now because humans, we love to get lost. So we're just like getting lost in it. This is all Neptune and Pisces, by the way. We just mm-hmm. love to get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And when you get lost, I don't come back after scrolling on Instagram being like, I know myself better now. Great. Mm-hmm. I can be a better human. You know, I'm never like, oh, I can be a better human now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. No, I'm yeah. just infused with all this psychic energy of other people. And I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there is a lot, there is a lot of inspiration to be drawn mm-hmm. from those spaces. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like taking a drug, right? Yeah. Like taking a hallucinatory drug it's pretty much a 50, 50 chance of like, you're going to have some really great insights or a really goofy time, or you're going to have a rough trip, a rough time. It's also something that like was part of my journey of like quitting smoking weed as well. Like I had never really handled weed that well, but I was a stoner from like 15 to 25. And then when I was 25, I kind of realized like, Oh, actually, every time I do this, I'm rolling the dice as to whether or not I am going to be in a panic attack state of believing that I'm dying of a stroke heart attack combo. Yep. Wow. (laughs) Yep. And it's like, I don't actually need to put myself in that place. And that's so much of how social media is. Like anytime you open it, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. You have no idea what you're going to come across. Yeah. You know, there's already internally there's already usually a quite a bit of chaos that's happening and then so to inter to introduce another you know a whole other element can sometimes be just a, a big shock to the nervous system in a way that is maybe not always healthy for us sometimes it is because it's also it's like you have said i think you were saying it last week about that just that that those catalysts those moments uh-huh. for change and uh-huh. and that's so much the energy of like this Mars Saturn stuff that's going to be happening soon. And the, and Saturn squaring the nodes as well. Like, you know, I want to talk with you a little bit, actually, this is a great kind of segue. I want to talk with you a little bit about the energies of this week, because normally I do it at the top and then I talk to the guests, but I'm like, 
you and I can talk about it starting with Monday and starting with Mars Saturn, making it accessible for people who don't know anything about astrology. Um, this this April 4th, this Monday, mm-hmm. I love that you and I are already questioning, okay, it doesn't have to be all bad. Like, but there is a very, I'll use the word challenging. And I said this in my intro, there's a challenging, conflictual, talk about the the tension of sexuality that is happening on Monday. What's interesting to me is that you brought up a piece around moving to LA again. You were like, the big piece I heard from you as an Aquarius rising was like, I need my community. I need my community. This energy is happening in Aquarius, which means Mm -hmm. that we're all being asked in a lot of ways to refine ourselves during the early spring, but also to be looking out for our new community. Cause it feels all like everyone's, we're all emerging from a two-year like Capricorn forced hibernation. Um, And it's like, who do we want to spend time with and who do we want to cultivate community with coming out of that? And I think that this week's energy actually is giving us big insights into the people, the ideas, the values, like you said, um, and who we are amidst all of that. So do you want to Mm -hmm. speak to Monday? Like, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, so Mars being the warrior planet, being this masculine energy, everything from like libido to outright violence, you know, and then Saturn being portrayed, both masculine portrayed energies also typically where, you know, Mars is an angry um, war god. He's a war god. Angry war god frat boy. He's he's totally a frat boy. Like if you ever read like the Iliad or anything like that, like, you know, reading like old mythology stuff, Mars always just comes off as like a total frat boy. (laughs) Mars Aries, like, however he's portrayed, he just is like snippy. (laughs) He's just a snippy frat boy who thinks he knows best. And, um, and Saturn, you know, Kronos being this other time. Yeah. This, this big patriarchal menacing force that we feel like we we there's this very like cold metallic mean feeling that we all have about saturn i'm thinking ring wraiths from lord of the rings like there's that because it also starves the energy like yeah. yeah yeah or the my favorite and i think most classically accurate portrayal of saturn is saturn eating his children by goya like yes, that is, is a classic painting. People reference it to me all the time. And they're like, you know that one? I'm like, yes, Saturn eating his children. Yes, <laughs> I think about it a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we have such a negative expectation of both these planets, really. Mm-hmm. But part of that is because we are afraid of what the implications are for us as individuals. With Saturn especially, Saturn is many things. Saturn is not a liar. Yeah. And if Saturn is truly a daddy of the Zodiac, then what any idealized father would want, which is how we should view these things because they're astral bodies, deities, whatever, we should idealize them. Mm-hmm. They should be like superhero, superhuman kind of things, you know, where it's like in, you know, the in like Batman or whatever, like Batman's complicated, but he's ultimately a hero for us. You know, this is the same appreciation that we should have for these planets and Saturn being such a traditionally patriarchal force or being perceived that way. Like your parent wants you to love and to grow. And 
the only way to do that sometimes, or sometimes the only way you know it's happening is through challenge, is through discipline. It's like the little crab that lives in a shell. You know, the, yeah. it takes on a different shell. I think it is a hermit crab. Yeah, I think it's a hermit crab. They move from shell to shell. And the yes. only way that they know that it's time to go to another shell is when they feel constricted and they feel mm-hmm. that discomfort. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good analogy for what's happening right now. We're, we are being asked to leave our shell on Monday powerfully because mm-hmm. Mars is going to come there and just kick shit around. And he's yeah, going to say Mars like, gonna... yeah, well, he's adding fuel to Saturn's fire. That's what's happening is basically you have this volatile energy coming in on Monday saying, yeah, you know, your shell's too small, dude. In some area of your life, your shell is actually too small and you have to make a change. I think the thing you said something earlier too, the implications of both of these planets or archetypes, I want to make a note. I think that Saturn rules time to make it really simple. Saturn rules time and Mars rules like assertion, self-assertion, aggression. These are things that we haven't fully integrated in a healthy way in our collective. Like we're Mm -hmm. terrified of death, which is time. We're terrified Mm -hmm. of it. We're terrified Mm -hmm. of running out of time. We're terrified of being late. We're terrified of being early. Like there's so much anxiety around time, especially with the death, the idea of of dying. And -hmm. we don't have good infrastructure for that. So that's Mm -hmm. Saturn. That's our fear of Saturn collectively. And then our fear of Mars collectively is exactly why everyone's freaking out about Will Smith. It's like, and again, don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but just the idea that we are, we don't even have an integrated structure for like how to deal with violent communication or not. Like I keep thinking about Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication. Cause I'm like, you know, it could have just been a conversation after what was said, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. So these are two things that we just don't have collectively integrated. And therefore when they meet, which they will be meeting on Monday, April 4th, when they meet, often our fears around both of those archetypes create a perfect storm. And we're just like, I don't want to leave my hermit crab shell. That person's wrong. F them or like F this situation. Um, Or if it's not, if you don't feel comfortable expressing anger, I obviously do. But if you don't feel comfortable expressing anger, then it's this feeling of like being trapped. Saturn can also make you feel very trapped. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what's happening Monday. What is the, um, more, I guess, integrated or Mm -hmm. conscious understanding of what would be happening on Monday? Mm. What I like to think of it as, especially with this happening in Aquarius and all of the Mars energy of, you know, the sun placements and everything that's in Aries right now currently, and, and that, that Aries Martian energy being so present as well, is that, I think one of the things that I love most about Aquarius is the idea of the question, why? Like, Mm, why? 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 So if you're having, when you're having like a very charged visceral response to something, which Mars is likely to give us in some respect or another, I've, I've even been feeling that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I woke up paranoid the other day. Like I woke up paranoid about, mm. about things that I don't even, like, I couldn't even tell you what they were. <laughs> I woke up in a state of paranoia and that makes sense though, with your chart in my mind, because your first house is an Aquarius. So you're having all this like malefic, it's a lot of heavy energy. Totally. Yeah. 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 But so having all of that, um, combustive, like heated energy, being in this sort of this, like this bubble 
this metallic bubble of, of Saturn and Aquarius, which is traditionally ruled by Saturn, you know, I think it's about identifying the alignment of your values with your physical action and your, your physical reality as much as possible. I think that's, that's kind of the way to go forward. And it's also because Saturn is so, Saturn is so ideological. Aquarius is very ideological and Mars has a much more, uh, you know, immediacy, immediacy, physical kinetic. You said kinetic totally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's about marrying those, those two aspects within ourselves as much as possible. And this is going to be, I think a really great time for us to really look at those value systems and how we have implemented them, how we've internalized them. And also understanding that the, the narratives at the end of the day are just narratives. And most of the time they don't even come from us. Yeah. They're absorbed from other things like the idea that Saturn is bad. Yeah. Is a story that's been told for millennia. Yeah. And the idea that, um, you know, that not, um, not confining yourself to specific norms is bad is something that we're all struggling with. And that's a lot of what anger can be so useful for is to help us like recognize when there's something that is inauthentic to Mm -hmm. what we actually desire happening. And it's about acknowledging that space of what you actually desire, like in your body, listen to your body. And this actually goes towards the existential kink practice that I've been kind of Please sort tell of us more. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. really, really useful stuff. I'm so jealous. Um, my friend, our friend Layla, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> showed me this book and I was, I read the back of it or I didn't read the back of it. It was an audio book. I love that though. As an Aquarius rising, you may have, you know what I'm saying? Like you figured yeah, out a way. <laughs> You broke the matrix, you went in and you read the back of an audiobook. You know, I read Things the happen. back of an audiobook with my ears. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you solved it. <laughs> but the the practice of existential key, you know, when I when I saw this book and read just the the brief summary of what it was about, I was immediately jealous. I was like, wow, I love this. I love this story. I wish that mm. I had written this book. I would I this is like what I want to do with my life. But it's basically this um it's Existential Kink, Unmask Your Shadow and Embrace Your Power by Carolyn Elliott. Yes, thank you. Thank you for shouting out the exact title and the name of the author as well, yes. because it's <clears throat> so important. And the whole idea of this process is sort of counterintuitive to what we're taught with most self-help things, which is mm-hmm. like the secret of like, just bliss your dream and envision <laughs> you're bored and all, you know, like like, your vibe, your tribe, you're good. It's It's all good. Exactly. Like there's, there's this idea of manifesting your reality and how you are, you are responsible for that in, you know, having thoughts and dreams and visions and ideas and focused attention to it and all that stuff. And it's very true, but there's also the flip side reality where she relates it to the process of alchemy, where the, the two main ideals of alchemy are solve 
and coagula mm. and coagula is the manifestation point that's supposed to be like when the lead has turned into gold that's that's like you have Physical. the firm yeah you have the coagulated firm result of all the things that you've imagined but you can't get it without first dissolving things the solvent yes <laughs> and the things that we need to dissolve within ourselves and it's not even so much a process of dissolution as it as it is acknowledging the the fact that we are responsible for our lives and our destinies and our immediate surroundings and our circumstances means that oh she says this phrase in the book and it's so i think about it all the time having is evidence of wanting having is evidence of wanting oh oh it's so good for early spring it's so good for that aries energy having is mm -hmm. evidence of wanting also taurus north node having is Taurus North node having is also, evidence of wanting. Yes. That also like, for me, that is very, that feels like a specifically Saturnian phrase. Yes. And yes. but also um, Mars is wanting that's you've actually like in one phrase, you fully synthesized what's happening on Monday. Having is evidence of wanting, having is Saturn wanting is Mars. Mm -hmm. They're right there. They're both there. Mm -hmm. And I will say something about uh, Solve, which is you said, dissolving. Mars is known archetypally as the surgeon of the Zodiac, as something that cuts and, and destroys. And that's why he gets quote unquote a bad like frat boy rep is he's like destroying things, he's breaking things. But like you just said, things have to break, things have to snap, things have to dissolve often before that coagula, before the coagulation of something new. That's yeah. what's happening on Monday. Ooh, Madison, you really got it. You're bringing it. I love it. Continue. Oh, I mean, definitely people need to check out this book because I think it is one of the most useful self-help tools um, that I've ever been experienced, <laughs> that I've ever been experienced to. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that. You read the audiobook with your ears and I you've been did. experienced too. <laughs> I read it with my, I read yes. it with my earbuds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow. You know, I want to reflect Monday, this April 4th. I so deeply appreciate your um, perspective because as an astrologer, like I'm so deep into, in a lot of ways, I love traditional astrology and, and ancient astrology. And I'm like, Ooh, two malefics meeting, like the collective is going to have a hard time. And I do think Monday we should watch out for definitely like big news. I'm thinking a lot about Russia. I'm thinking a lot about Ukraine with Monday. That's going to be challenging. But your perspective is so beautiful because on a personal level, which is where we can do so much work and take so much accountability, that's where we get to do it. We are able to like marry Mars and Saturn. They're married. I mean, they're, it's a conjunction. So they're marrying each other. And what is the marriage of Mars and Saturn? You said it so beautifully, which is your behaviors, your kinetic desires, the way that your body moves and gets up in the morning and whatever it does all day long, marrying that with self-accountability, discipline, honest truth. You said Saturn doesn't lie. It's like, what are you doing in your life? Like, what are you, I mean, I sound like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I sound like Saturn right now. What are you doing with your life? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's, that's, that's the key. It's like, what are you doing Mars with your life, Saturn time? And this, this existential kink stuff, like it really is about specifically examining negative circumstances or apparent lack Mm. Things that you're dissatisfied with, which dissatisfaction is, as my Vedic astrologer told me, the gift of Mars. And I, I love that. I love the idea Beautiful. of perceiving dissatisfaction as a gift and even taking it even further, 
pain is a gift. Suffering is a gift. Like these things are real responses and whether they're real responses into something that is actually happening or just a mental process that you put yourself through or whatever, um, the, the, the viscerality of it is undeniable. Yeah. Well, they're trying to, it's pain. They're trying to bring you closer to yourself. So that's mm -hmm. why they're gifts because you're like, I feel this way. Oh, it's very painful. Oh, I'm dissatisfied. And it's like, you're some, some authentic kernel of you, something somewhere in the world, in the cave is like, please, please come to me, please, please acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. Please see yourself mm-hmm. better and why you're here in this reality. And the the existential king stuff is about taking those dissatisfying things and realizing, reframing it as something that you have an existential kink for. That <laughs> I love it because I it's all the things I love. It's sexual, it's psychological, it's spiritual, and it's it's manifest in your everyday life. Like if you're I, you know, have, um, I have a history of being in really toxic, abusive relationships Mm -hmm. and in looking at it through the lens of existential kink, which is, is already so close to like the ways in which I've internalized and processed my trauma of all different types over the years is the, the idea of, I really just had a does I must have had some unconscious desire for that. It's not like from a place of victim blaming, like she, she draws lines very clear in the book, which is why I suggest people read the book to, you know, really get into it. There are some parameters that you have to follow, but like the idea that, and then the idea that like, I'm, uh, I'm manifesting these chaotic relationships because I have a desire for them. Mm -hmm. And even that's reflected in my chart as well. My Mars is 12th house Capricorn. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I am like, daddy. Oh, daddy. I will go like to the farthest reaches. I don't care. Like, and then all of my eighth house stuff, like I'm a run towards the red flag. And acknowledging that stuff really in a way is a is a process of giving it peace it loosens it up it loosens it up Mm -hmm. it's a process of saying like hey like we're all in the same car that is my body i'm just not gonna let you drive you just get to take you just get to take a nap in the back you know like and just or like wank in the back seat or whatever it is you need to do you little freak (laughs) (laughs) The clown car that is your car, that is your body. Oh, yes. Yes. I know. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. I think this is a very existentially kinky time. Yes. And this is this is also what we're here for. We are here for it. Yeah. Here for it. You know, Megan said it in a different way a couple episodes ago, but I just want to bring it up because if I'm starting to notice a theme, it is a lot about playing like this is going to sound very woo-woo, but it's like playing with your shadow, looking at your shadow and understanding that it's not, your shadow is not also the the totality of who you are. And quote unquote shadow is a broad term, but it's the idea of like what you said, the shadow here is the existential kink. Like the thing that you are really desiring, but that maybe cuts you when you get close to it. Mm-hmm. And okay, it cut me, I'm learning. Okay, maybe it has to, you know, maybe I have to get attacked a couple times to understand that it's not, 
necessarily beneficial for my long-term, but developing a language with it and an intimacy with it right now, which I think Monday will give us some options to, especially actually all week, we're going to get options to experience that sort of painful intimacy. It allows us to get to know ourselves better, which is the big point of spring is to just understand yourself better, audit, like check in with yourself. That would be a great thing to do this whole next two months, really. And then you, I think that they transform once you apply consciousness, consciousness to them personally. Like when I think about my existential kinks, to use your example, like I think about, um, I often was in relationships where I was, the, the, the folks were really, um, had really strong, really strong personalities. I'm an eighth house son. I'm an eighth house stallion. So I love people who are like, have like, you know, sexual addictions, sexual, like all sorts of like really complicated or like are really, really, um, they have very unique circumstances that like 1% of the population has. So it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use direct examples because some people might hear this. So I'm not going to try to call anybody out, but, but I, I, I was always attracted to the extremes. Yeah. The extreme of the dynamic and the extreme of the relationship. And once I started to just like acknowledge that the universe also gave me a big Saturn, by the way, it was my Saturn return. It was the beginning of my Saturn return. Saturn gave me a, a gift. He gave me like a person who's not an extreme mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. like, here's someone who's just like literally not extreme. And I immediately Madison, you know, like I immediately fought it. Like I was like, no, 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 no. But I, I want that existential kink. I want the extreme. And I kept trying to find the, the extreme, 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 and luckily just kept hitting that wall. That's the, that's like, then the wall is Saturn. The beauty of when you keep hitting the wall or the hermit crab keep that starts hitting the wall of its shell, you finally, at some point you're like, okay, I do have to try something different. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have to accept what I've been given and also pay attention to what I've been trying to do. That's been painful. And not judge the pain. Part of what I love about what you're saying with this book, Existential Kink, is it's not, you don't, you get to make friends with your pain or make friends with the painful behavior in a way that allows you to have discourse with it and change it. And not only to be friends with it, but to feel the actual deep arousal that Mm. your shadow is receiving when it gets the validation of the chaotic circumstances that Mm. you're manifesting of the pain that you're manifesting, Mm. because you're doing it, you're doing it for that little shadow baby, but you don't realize that you're doing it. And, and it's just like, and it's going to keep crying for it because you still see it as other, as a bad part of you, you still have a, a frame of, of judgment and negativity and shame around it, but it's, literally using like a, a dash of sex magic to like integrate that more fully and Somatics. allowing yourself yeah. to have all the things yeah. Al- just allowing yourself to be like yeah okay because it's it's kind of like I was mentioning to you in the notes of like these these norms structures these um these power dynamics these things that we consider to be negative forces beyond our control, the things that we identify as being Saturnian are not there to tell us who we are, really. Yeah. They, they can't tell us who we are. They are a function of societies and systems that were seeking abstract control, not 
you know, sometimes consciously and unconsciously, like, you know, of the consequences of what yeah. those, what those would be. And we're, we've been in such a time where it's coming up against those things, but it's really like your dad doesn't tell you not to, you know, leave the house after sundown because he's an asshole and he thinks you're a failure and you can't take care of yourself. It's because you're a child <laughs> and it's nighttime <laughs> and you have school in the morning and he has work in the morning to make sure that he can pay for you to go to school in the morning. Yeah. You know, like that's Saturn. That's Saturn. Yeah. Saturn is limitations, you know, for everyone listening, like it is literally limitations. Yeah. Yes. The other thing that I wanted to say to piggyback off of what you were saying in terms of the medicine for them for this week, like what can we do to mitigate the energy where we are, we are going to hit a limit or we are, or we will witness a limit. We will witness something that is like, oh, that's a container like that's and not to be like, oh, that's bad to what you said earlier, which is like, it's a gift. There's a gift. There's a gift this week, but your ego may perceive it or your inner, your inner child or the parts that are unintegrated in yourself may perceive it as a threat or may perceive it as challenging, painful um, chaotic, dramatic, et cetera. The, the medicine that we have access to this week, I think that you were even touching upon or getting close to was how can you understand yourself better so that you can reintegrate into society? Cause we haven't fully reintegrated yet. We're in this really, yeah. I feel like we're con collectively in this very weird limbo where it's like COVID's over. Is it over? We don't know. And we're coming back out socially. And you're like moving back to LA. Like you're about to have a huge coming back out socially. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do I want to re-socialize? How do I understand myself better so that I can come out into the community in a different yeah. way, more, more intentionally, more consciously? Like, instead of just like, I sometimes try to be friends with everybody and I'm like, that's actually not, that's not it. You're, yeah. you're like that too, I feel like. You're like, I'll be friends oh, with everybody. <laughs> yeah. I literally marvel. I literally, and I think I told you about this the last time we spoke on the phone, but I literally had to make a list of how to discern if a person is a good friend. <laughs> That's Are powerful they, though, that is. Yeah, it, it was a really um, enlightening experience because, you know, a, a friend of mine in talking about coming back to Los Angeles, he just keeps repeating this phrase of like, well, you just got to make sure that you get involved with the right people. And I'm like, who is the right people? We're all God's yes. children. <laughs> yeah. You're you like, know? everyone's beautiful and I love everyone. I feel I, that. I relate. Yes. I relate. Yes, but there is something to be said for... Um, the observed truths of your experience yeah. and what you can take away from that. And the way that I've tried to approach it is like, what are my triggers? Right. Like if I, I, I made this whole list of questions about other people's behaviors. And mm. then I made a list of the triggers that I, when I see other people do it, I don't like it. Or yeah. it makes me have a feeling of anxiety or whatever it is. Mm. And then I wrote a list of questions about myself if I'm in a given yes. situation. This like, is the energy of the week right now, of the month, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, on the friends list, it'll say like, does this person communicate responsibly with me? And then on my list, it'll say, do I communicate responsibly? You know, and a lot, not all of the questions are mirrored like that, but mm -hmm. the majority of them are because it's all the same thing. Like. Yeah. And I tried to like, you know, some uh, investigation on like what my physical triggers are, because that's always going to be, especially with this Mars stuff, what's happening 
like in in, in your body is going to be a big indicator of of what whether happening. you're in alignment and whether you're taking responsibility for yourself ultimately we when we get triggered somatically we're like it's someone else's fault like i'll have this at the gym sometimes i'm going to give a weird analogy but i'll be working out if it's very early in the morning i'm i'm still like a baby bird and i'm like what's happening it's just so early and if someone gets too close to me I sometimes have a moment where I'm like upset with them that they just got yeah. too close to me. It's an immediate somatic feel, feeling of like, do not get that close to me. They're not really doing anything. They're just moving near me. But that mm -hmm. it, it manifests mentally as like anger, which I don't like. I have consciousness enough to be like, oh, Marvel, that was not the correct response. You're just feeling, oh, you're having a somatic experience. So yes, paying more attention to those and understanding and not believing the mind trip that comes after you have the somatic experience. Like, oh, it's yes. the truth. Like that person's a bad person. It's like, no, they just moved near, they were moving next to you yes. in, the, in a public space. <laughs> mm -hmm. Paying attention to when my body is engaging in chemical warfare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which is available this week coming up. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the, the biochemical warfare of things that, you know, of electric impulses and you know, beautiful little poison particles all over our brains and our bodies and our guts, um, you know, that, that inform us of how to respond based on how we have responded and what we've experienced in the past. And it's the yes. whole thing. And when we come up against these limitations, you know, and our bodies are experiencing viscerally that limitation, it's an invitation to love because boundaries, pain, suffering, everything that we perceive as negative, I truly believe. And there's a lot that like Ramdas talks about this mm -hmm. a lot. Sadhguru, um, it's very big in, you know, more far out like Hinduism and, and Buddhism, but it's like true unconditional love means yes. And also that like, mm, also yes. And also that. that. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and like even the the truth of unconditional love is that that's still like a human centered thing that we've mm -hmm. created love is is a human emotion and and i think that perhaps what exists out there is much bigger and stranger than even that oh <laughs> um, yes madison thank you for that <laughs> but like our our closest a uh, linguistic approach to what we have to that level of infinity and the level of acceptance and coexistence and and commingling and multiversal hoop to do yep. <laughs> for lack of a better word is unconditional love yeah and so when we when we come up against these bad feelings when we think something negatively about an uh another person's actions, when we are viewing ourselves negatively, when we're feeling something bad about the, the jobs, institution, country, whatever, it's like, yes, and also love that. And I think just to tie it all up, it's like loving the reality, which is also another code word for Saturn, where Saturn is another code word for reality. Loving the reality of what's happening this week that comes up will help kind of loosen or lubricate. We've got a ton of Pisces energy still that we didn't talk about at all, but we have a ton of lubrication available. It's not directly talking to all of this. Like it's in its own little sphere. But there is an area in your life where you can retreat to this week that will offer that love, that, that like deep unconditional love of like, 
it's all going to be okay. I'm understanding more about myself in this process. Um, Mm -hmm. And we need to go to that place where we are accepting and surrendering to what is so that we can sort of lubricate how hard, how, how hard it is going to be to push that boulder up the hill. Each one of us is being asked with the, with the nodes in Scorpio and Taurus, each one of us is being asked to push a huge boulder up the hill in some aspect of our life. Mm -hmm. And we are going to obviously have resistance to that on some level. Mm -hmm. And so retreating, finding that place of surrender, I keep thinking about, we are going to do, you and I are going to do a whole nother episode on religion, spirituality, and God, because we have to talk about it. I mean, we have a stellium in Pisces. We have to talk about God. We have to talk about religion because that's also something that is going to be moving with us into the future that it has to look different. It has to be more community-based and it has to come back alive. Um, after I think decades of feeling like um, a collective sort of antagonism towards religion and more of a collective fascination with celebrity, the idea of celebrity or the idea of right or politicians even being sort of like gods, mm-hmm. we're, gonna, we're gonna move into a different space with that. So we're we're uh, redefining we're redefining norms. Ideally, maybe just shoving them off altogether. Who knows? I mean, I, I think that as human beings, we do crave some level of structure that, yes, that, you know, I mean, it's, it's what there is to love about Saturn. Like you have boundaries routine. Yeah. You have boundaries, you have limitations. Like these are actually gifts because if you could do anything and everything, then you would just be a, you know, floating little miasma of energy. And like, that's cool. And like, maybe that's what we all really are, but you know, we've condensed ourselves into these little people forms, these little meat sacks full of bones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we like to rub up against each other because we want to feel, we want to, we want to feel not just physically, materially feel the world that we're in consciousness, you know, like that's what that is. And it, and it's within all of us and we all have access to it. And everything that we, that we see, that we feel, that we smell, that we are everything, truly everything good and bad is God is part of the expression of divinity, wanting to feel itself. Yes. I completely agree. I completely agree. Yes. Okay. So like, if you were to recap, I I want a a two minute recap of what, what you would say about the week, just in general, from your perspective. It's time to embody with love, our restrictions and limitations. And to, as much as possible, resist our instinctual sort of biochemical reactions to things not resist them in the in the sense that we ignore them but perhaps take a moment to sit with them maybe not resist maybe resit you know yeah, resit resit with them and and ask what you're really feeling what it is you really want because i promise you it's out there somewhere and even if whatever is happening in this time seems completely in contradiction to everything that you believe 
everything that you think you know, everything that you think you love and that you think is right and good about the world, that opposition is a gift yeah. because it can either open you up further to seeing a new truth that you didn't have before, or it can reinform and reinforce the things that are authentic to your soul and that are authentic to the life that you want to live. Yeah. Both. And, and I would say that, I would say that, yeah, this, this week is actually really important in terms of that work that you just spoke to, because we're about to enter eclipse season very soon by middle of April and eclipse season for all those who don't know is just a time of really generally rapid changes for a lot of people, big changes, big choice points. Um, and, and so to have a a week or two heading into April, where you are like really consciously understanding the limitations around you, understanding your behavior towards the limitations. And you said, you know, resit with your feelings. It's, it is more like pausing, being with the feelings instead of immediately doing the proverbial slap, right. Instead of immediately acting. Yeah. Yeah. And love into them. Yeah. How much can you love into them? Because I think maybe that's the Piscean influence that's going to be happening this week, especially with Venus coming into Pisces as well. The planet of love going to be saying love into it, love into it and open surrender, you know, accept yes. And that love also that. Yeah. Oof. Yes. I'm so grateful for this Pisces energy as we do like really hard, we're doing really hard uh, rebuilding of reality work. We're re- we're each one of us is rebuilding our reality in some way or like pushing the boulder up the hill proverbially. And we get to have this sort of like nice lubricated energy. Like we get to have like, you know, um, little it's glass there, of sparkling baby. water. Yeah. <laughs> While we do it. There's plenty of LaCroix to go around. Exactly. Know? Sisyphus oh, gets a LaCroix. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I mean, ain't nothing in this world that's actually not worth loving. Like even the horrible things, like it yeah. is all worth loving. There's a reason why law and order SVU is the most popular law and order. Okay. It's because we love the horrible things. Yeah. We secretly shamefully right now for the most part love the horrible things we love to see it we love the drama we love the chaos so why not just overtly love it why not just openly love it i mean shame is unintegrated so what you're Mm -hmm. saying is like like reintegrate the shame and it will no longer be shame like it will we if we reintegrate and this is a big collective thing we have to do but on a personal level what you're saying is absolutely true and on a collective level we have to continue to do work around death culture we have to continue to do work around um nonviolent communication giving structures to our society this is the aquarius bit is like give stru- give new structures to our society where we can talk about death where we can collectively acknowledge sexuality when we can, where like and the nuances of sexuality the nuances of violence how do we create structures where we're like consciously talking about these things and also advocating for consciousness in these areas that we so badly need consciousness Mm -hmm. (laughs) we need Mm it Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. yes it's also like the brain is not just in our skulls you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah we are part of not even just an entire single individual organism that has like you know butts and and livers and and fingertips generally speaking 
not even everybody has all of those things, but like, you know, our brains are extended throughout our entire body. It's called a nervous system. And then other people are also satellites in that nervous system. Oh, yeah. Our brain waves like to, in order for us to have a conversation, I mean, already from a linguistic point of view, the idea that we make sounds at each other and can understand each other is absolutely bonkers. But then also, also, like, not only are we using this system of sounds that have been designed um, for us to be able to, to communicate with each other, like our breath will synchronize, our brain waves will synchronize, like our skin will flush and relax and and goosebump and stuff in response to each other. Like, oh, like the static energy between two people will make the hairs stand up like, (laughs) do you do you have any final things you want to share with the audience before we sign off for this episode? I just feel like scary things have never stopped being scary but there's one aspect of like my first introduction to this concept was I was reading a book about southeast asian plays and I can't remember I believe it's in indonesia um they have these plays that they would put on And there's always, you know, they're mostly uh, religious or mythological in some respect. Um, But whatever it is, the evildoer is always portrayed as a comedic role. Mm. He's always a bungler. He's kind of a buffoon. You know, Mm. it's, it's a force that is like comedically evil, which is how we have portrayed villains a lot in the past. Mm. But part of the reason that they specifically made that conscious choice to do these informative cultural, you know, mythological plays was to say that when you succumb to evil as just being evil and create a tunnel vision in your mind of what it means, you're actually giving much more power to it. Oh, yes. Yes. You're saying, look at it in a balanced perspective, look at every, or, or, you know, leave some room for, I wouldn't say like maybe humor. Cause that's more trickster energy. I'm thinking a lot about Ukraine right now. It's like, there's not, it's not necessarily humor, but don't, you're saying like, don't create just one monolithic narrative about how evil something is because exactly, exactly your, to your point, it gives it so much more power. And that is going to show up sometime somewhere in our lives, likely this week, where we will have a moment where we're like, this thing is fixed and it's evil or it's bad or it's yeah. challenging. And that's it. Yeah. And let's take a moment, let's take a step back collectively and individually and say, okay. Yeah. Let's there's probably something in here that I can love. I can actually probably yeah. love something about this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I mean, what choice do we have really? Like we're all here together. Yep. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And you know, by the time it does we're all going with it we're all going with it (laughs) exactly so you might as well just spend your time like in as much you know abandon and just real involvement with it as much as possible and what better level of involvement than 
than love, you know, than intimacy what we know as love. Yeah. yeah. Intimacy. First with yourself and then with other people. Or really it's simultaneous, but it always has to there always has to be that self bit too. Yeah. Especially yeah. during this this early, early springtime. Well, thank you, Madison. Thank you so oh, much. I love you so much, Marvel. I'm I love this podcast. I listen to it. I'm a fan. I'm a oh, long time fan. Like I said, I'm going to plug it one more time. We're going to have an entire another conversation, you and I, on religion and spirituality, because you and I have a lot to share in terms of our personal histories with religion mm-hmm. and spirituality. And we're going to also talk, I think, both as Aquarians, like, what do we see for the future of religion? What do we see for the future mm-hmm. of spirituality? What does that look like for millennials, Gen X, mm-hmm. Gen Z, the Generation Alpha? Like, what? you know so we're gonna have a whole nerd out about that that's gonna be really fun i cannot wait uh is there anything you want to plug about yourself before we log off i would you know love to help elevate that i do have um a website mrklovesyou.com you can also find my music on spotify and itunes under mrk loves you if you search um mrk loves you in google you can see some very cool very strange music videos that i I'm very proud to have ever made. Yes. And thank you for being on the world of Rex, Madison. <laughs> I love this thank world. Thank you. Yeah. I love this world. I want to buy a house here. In the metaverse. <laughs> we'll work on it. I don't know. All right, everybody. We will speak to you next week for the weeks following. We're heading into eclipse season. So strap in and be safe out there. 